This is Democracy on the Move. Democracy on the Move is a podcast tribute to the people and organizations who dare to reimagine our nation and drive it toward its true principles of democracy. This episode is being released on Sunday, March 20, 2022. I'm Dan Schaefer, your host for today's podcast, and thank you for joining us. We're going to talk with Greg Coleridge from Move to Amend shortly, but before we get started, I have a couple short announcements. This one comes to you from the League of Women Voters. Many of you have municipal elections. Here in Missouri, we have municipal elections on April 5. So before you go to the voting booth, be sure that you're an informed voter. Go to vote411.org. That's V-O-T-E-411.org. Vote411.org to see a nonpartisan guide about the candidates and the issues that you'll see on your ballot. Make a plan to go to the polls in your municipal elections. Or vote absentee if you're not able to get to the polls on Election Day. If you have any election questions, contact the League of Women Voters or go to vote411.org. And here's an announcement from Move to Amend. Let me ask you this. Should corporations have the same rights as people? Should money spent on elections equal free speech and drown out the political voices of people who don't have lots of money? Well, the Supreme Court thinks so, but the overwhelming majority of people don't. Join Greg Coleridge, the national director of Move to Amend. Move to Amend is a coalition organizing to pass a constitutional amendment to end corporate rule and the corrupting influence of big money on elections. Find out how to become part of this movement to create a real democracy, not for just we the people, but all the people. You can find Move to Amend online at movetoamend.org. That's M-O-V-E-T-O-A-M-E-N-D dot O-R-G, movetoamend.org. So as I just mentioned in the announcement section, Greg Coleridge, the co-director of Move to Amend, joins us at this time to talk about this organization. Now, you may recall that back in December 2020, we talked with Move to Amend's national director. Well, today, Greg is going to bring us up to speed on the latest developments. We're going to talk about who they are, what they're trying to do, the successes they've had so far, and how our listeners can take action and get involved in helping to preserve our democracy. So, Greg, thanks for joining us, and welcome to the program. Well, thank you very much, Dan. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Good. Well, before we get started, can you tell us a little, a little bit about yourself and what got you interested in Move to Amend and what you're currently doing for the organization? Well, um, I worked for more than 30 years prior to coming to Move to Amend uh, with a Quaker-related organization called the American Friends Service Committee um, in Northeast Ohio, working on a variety of uh, justice issues, uh, economic justice, uh, environmental justice, social justice, and I guess you could call political justice issues around campaign finance reform. Um, and, you know, doing that work, sort of traditional sort of peace and justice uh, work, you run into um, the power of big money and uh, the power of corporate entities when you're trying to stop one war at a time, one mm -hmm. weapon system at a time, one, uh, you know, horrible uh, employer at a time, um, boycotting one fruit or vegetable at a time. I mean, there's a lot of these things you can continue to do mm -hmm. one at a time. And 
The problem with that is that you're constantly playing defense, mm-hmm. right? You're constantly responding, reacting, resisting. And it just seemed like, um, you know, you're constantly just feeling like you're just treading water. Mm-hmm. And I was in, invited uh, by a friend of mine to a national uh, workshop over the weekend, sponsored by a group I later became involved with called the Program on Corporations Law and Democracy, or POCLAD, P-O-C-L-A-D, POCLAD.org, that was going around the country doing uh, what they called rethinks, rethinking the corporation, rethinking democracy. And it was mm-hmm. one of those, I guess you could call aha experiences uh, in which uh, we were shown and uh, uh, described how the power of corporate entities that seemed so inevitable and ever-present and increasing around us was not intended, was not at one time uh, what existed, Mm -hmm. that it was a creation, um, uh, deliberate and intentional, uh, because corporate entities were artificial legal creations of the state Mm -hmm. that were created one at a time um, to do, you know, the the business of uh, producing useful goods and services. Mm -hmm. And uh, that they were created by the legislature um, through something called a charter. And that charter was a democratic uh, instrument. So anyway, that was a real eye-opening experience and led me to do some research as we were uh, uh, challenged to do in Ohio, uh, to do our own research to kind of unearth this buried history. And so that's how I sort of first got into really digging deep into this whole notion of corporate constitutional rights or what people may know of more, you know, more euphemistically as corporate personhood. And that was in the mid, mid 90s. And so I was doing that work and developed a, a booklet here in Ohio uh, that that uh, dug up and how at one time, you know, all of these companies were chartered and how charters were revoked when they decided to go ahead and do things that were not uh, listed in their charter because they were considered democratic tools and instruments. So all of this was like a decade before Move to Amend uh, uh, got going back in 2010. And uh, so when Move to Amend did get going, we had done so much uh, work educationally and we produced a video uh, of, you know, the, sort of the history of corporations and democracy in Ohio. So it was a natural sort of um, a lead in for mm-hmm. uh, me and our organization to get involved in uh, Move to Amend doing that work uh, in Ohio of trying to create char- uh, chapters and uh, working at the state level to create a network. Okay. So you got involved with Move to Amend. Yeah, they started around the 2010 timeframe. So can you, um, with all this in mind, can you walk us through the mission of Move to Amend and um, who they are and uh, ultimately what it hopes to achieve? Sure. Well, Move to Amend, again, uh, now we're... 12 years and in, in counting, um, um, is a, a coalition, has been since day one of uh, literally hundreds of organizations, now upwards of 600 plus, and nearly a half million uh, individuals around the country who are uh, collectively committed to uh, justice in all of its forms, social, economic, political, and environmental, mm-hmm. uh, and toward that end by ending corporate rule and even beyond of trying to build a, uh, what we think for the very first time, a vibrant, genuinely uh, accountable, legitimate, inclusive democracy that mm-hmm. is uh, truly accountable to uh, all the people, not just we the people, but all the people, not, right. not corporate interests. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we have uh, values and principles that are 
deeply rooted and committed to in all of our work and in believing that to, to bring the kind of change that we're seeking, it's got to be through coalition and movement building. We just can't do it alone. Right. But at the same time, while we're developing sort of the horizontal uh, allies, um, we have to work at the grassroots level mm. in developing a base because ultimately you got to build power, right? Yeah. Uh, social right. change, social movements, the history of this country uh, has always been one in which uh, people, if they've accomplished anything, has developed the, the, the really nonviolent force uh, to bring about change. And, and so to be that authentically and inclusively, then we have to be committed as we are to anti-oppression and solidarity organizing and um, you know, to make sure that we're not easily led astray, we constantly focus on uh, you know, and a real dedication to, to political education to make sure that we're right. on the other on the right side right. of uh, the learning curve when it comes to understanding how we got into this this fix, this mess that we're in. Sort of what I you know experienced in going to this uh, weekend retreat of the Rethink Democracy, Rethink the Corporation, and then lastly, an incredibly important principle and value is. Um, a real deep commitment and conscious one to both political and economic independence. Mm -hmm. We can't afford to be attached as sometimes attractive and enticing it may be because there's cash out there, right? That comes from super duper wealthy individuals or, you know, uh, uh, front groups of all sorts uh, that obviously have levers, obviously have strings, if not ropes. That we can easily hang ourselves if we yeah, become yeah. too dependent it's so easy to be co-opted yeah. and it's so easy to when you do that to uh not even be told what to say or what to do or not to say or what to do but you you do it yourself you self-censor yourself because you know that if you get too far afield if you try to focus too much on fundamental change which is what we're all about not just uh you know reformist uh diddly squat then you know, those funds will potentially, if not actually, be uh, reduced. Yeah. And we can't afford to be connected to any political party either. Right. And so right. we call ourselves not just um, bipartisan, but transpartisan. Mm -hmm. That is uh, transcendent of any political uh, uh, party. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good point you make. Everybody says bipartisan because the assumption there is that by being two, that we only have yeah. two parties out there. And that's really kind of a... Uh, an infection of thinking that's that's permeated this country for a long time. But it, it looks like the, the root of all evil, in a sense, uh, to all the struggles that you've been having is this concept that corporations are people. And, and a lot of people would look at the Supreme Court decision of Citizens United back in 2010 as perhaps the beginning of the recognition of corporations as people, but that's not true. The history of this mindset goes way back. I was looking at a timeline that the uh, Move to Amend has uh, posted on their mm. website. Excellent timeline, by the way. Could you briefly mm -hmm. give us a, 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 an indication or a, go over a brief history of how the rights of corporations have been conflated with the rights of individual people? Yeah, yeah. And so how many hours did we say we had? No, only, <laughs> only kidding. And 100 words or less. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah, well, it is a sordid uh, history, no, no, no doubt about it. And uh, And again, it's one that deviated from what was what I, you know, just briefly mentioned was the original default and the original given in which uh, corporate entities were uh, not equal in any way. They were uh, subordinate 
we the people and those we elected uh, to represent us, uh, again, this was from the start, a very imperfect, uh, quote unquote, democracy, in mm -hmm. which, I mean, let's face it, only white male property owners uh, okay. had uh, full rights uh, and powers and authority. But uh, relatively speaking, when we talk about uh, it in a relative sense of democracy, um, it was through the, the chartering uh, by uh, public officials at mostly the state level that gave the privilege of companies to uh, to exist, quote unquote, and then to do their business. And so, you know, over time, uh, companies didn't like all this, again, relatively speaking, democratic uh, uh, muscle flexing mm -hmm. in defining and authorizing what companies could and could not do. So they sought to to um, preempt or dare I say Trump. The, the power of, of um, we the people to mm -hmm. control and define uh, companies. And so they, you know, they did that in three different ways. And one of which was to, to shift decision-making to define what companies could and could not do from the legislative arena to the courts. And so that is what the concept of corporate constitutional rights or corporate personhood is, is all about. And that really began, you know, you can go back real early to uh, a, a decision in the 18 teens and all that first uh, gave um, uh, companies sort of the right of, of contract, mm -hmm. contractual rights. But the, the real, you know, nefarious, uh, horrific uh, decisions really occurred in, uh, in 1880s in the decision of Santa Clara County versus Southern Pacific Railroad in which mm -hmm. the most maybe egregious uh, uh, mind-boggling and uh, you know juris uh, jurisprudence uh, pretzel you know yeah. making of the courts equated uh, and with a straight face uh, decided that uh, this um, uh, decision of the court uh, 20 years earlier 14th amendment that granted uh, former uh, uh, enslaved human beings with inalienable rights of due process equal protection equally applied to human beings. Yeah. And that really began kind of the descent uh, of whatever degree of there was of self-governance and self-rule of, of people really downward because right away, corporate entities immediately began uh, to hijack uh, that uh, and use it and go to court in scores of times, uh, mm -hmm. multiple times, many more times than uh, than those representing free slaves uh, going yeah. to court. Yeah. And so that was the, really the beginning, the stepping stone, if you will, that uh, that uh, that led to then the uh, other uh, corporate constitutional rights or what we say the hijacking of uh, constitutional amendments uh, by the court that then we go into it, the Fourth Amendment search and seizure rights, so efforts to inspect corporate property to ensure compliance of uh, you know, health, safety, and welfare standards right. uh, to make sure that uh, places, you know, were safe for workers or were not spewing out um, uh, dangerous chemicals. I mean, this is really the advent of the the regulatory uh, state mm -hmm. uh, of the government to protect people, to protect the environment. And all of that was, uh, you know, uh, uh, impeded by corporations in the first part of the last century uh, to come onto corporate property uh, to do that uh, safety inspection. Mm -hmm. uh, corporations won Fifth Amendment takings rights. Uh, these were efforts uh, to protect private property uh, from corporate extract extraction. That's what the Fifth Amendment mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. um, sure, sure, you know, sure. was, was de- de- designed to do. Yeah. Um, and this is particularly incredibly important, not just historically, but up to the present time, that if, if we ever, as many people now increasingly are saying, if we are going to save the planet and continue or try to increase the planet to be livable for human beings, not even mentioning other forms of, of life, uh, as, many, as many people are saying, we have got to make sure that we keep fossil fuels in the ground, mm-hmm. not just sort of to burn them more eco- you know, ecologically or sustainably or cleanly, whether it's coal or gas or whatever, but to heck with that, we have to keep this in the ground. But Right. If we are, if we seriously do that, the 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 card, the constitutional card that companies uh, can play is the Fifth Amendment. Oh, you are violating our takings rights mm-hmm. under the Fifth Amendment. That uh, means that uh, you have to compensate us justly, uh, uh, economically, for lost future profits. Could amount to the, you know, who knows, untold trillions if not tens of trillions of dollars oh my god oh how is that for a deterrent uh, yeah. in trying to go after that uh, efforts to limit uh, money in elections uh, have been preempted by corporations winning the first amendment right political free speech rights that's where you know uh, certainly uh, citizens united worsened the case but even prior to that back in the 1970s that's when corporations first won f- uh, political free free speech rights under the first amendment so you know, to think that Citizens United uh, sort of created this uh, horrible situation uh, from the get-go and that all we have to do is reverse uh, that uh, decision and we'll go back to this grand, glorious democratic nirvana that we had the day before Citizens United is just a, is just a myth yeah. because, uh, because of a Supreme Court decision in the 70s. And efforts to demand food labeling or warning of, uh, say, potentially cancerous-causing chemicals uh, was preempted by corporations winning the First Amendment right, uh, not not the right to speak, but the right not to, to speak. Silent, yeah. They remain silent, which meant uh, that people, for example, in the you know sort of the most famous or infamous case uh, of that is in the state of Vermont, where mm-hmm. people uh, there had the um, uh, belief that somehow they could uh, by statute by law prevent uh, what they felt was dangerous uh, uh, bovine growth hormones being put in their uh, dairy products. Mm-hmm. And so they passed a law and that was challenged uh, by companies saying, well, we should have the right not to speak uh, and, and, and uh, you know, wow. to have yeah. those uh, bovine growth hormones put, you know, being forced. The law wasn't even to prevent that. It was to list it on uh, products, uh, on labeling. And companies said no, that that would violate our First Amendment right not to speak. And, um, and they wanted a lower court and the state uh, chose not to challenge that. So there's all sorts of instances where you know uh, we don't know uh, what is in the products we eat, what um, you know uh, parents give their children uh, because of this right uh, not to speak that corporations have won. And then, you know, there's just a whole assortment of those are sort of the main things. Uh, And Mm -hmm. 14th Amendment, of course, uh, corporate entities have, uh, you know, big ones in particular, have claimed that if you at a local level or state level give any kind of preferential treatment to say uh, uh, change locally owned businesses versus chain stores, uh, that that is discriminatory. 
mm-hmm. therefore a violation of our 14th Amendment yeah. uh, constitutional right. So it's just, you know, the, the hits just keep going on and on. And uh, it's not like they've stopped. There are always efforts by the corporate attorneys that operate 24-7 to challenge uh, in the court uh, what they think is uh, just egregious uh, uh, violations of their never intended uh, constitutional rights. Well, this kind of brings me to one of my beliefs I've come to uh, come to understand over the last few years of, of being involved in, in one form or another in politics. And that is that people certainly, com- they conflate the concept of democracy with capitalism. And uh, I guess my, my feeling about this whole thing is that democracy must regulate capitalism or capitalism will, will devour democracy, as it seems to already have done. And you point out the fact that, uh, you know, the 14th Amendment which was passed uh, right after the Civil War was um, it was yeah it was it starting I, I think you, you cited the Santa Clara County versus Southern Pacific Railroad decision I believe of 1886 which uh, basically reinterpreted the Fourteenth Amendment and said okay if if corporations are people then they get all the protections of an individual person and so that's one of the that's one of the I guess cornerstones of move to amend right is to is to reverse that is to create I believe it would be a 28th amendment to um, to say unequivocally that corporations are not people and that people have the right to uh, regulate corporations and corporations serve the people not the other way around so that's right yeah, yeah that's right um, you know part of our core mission is uh, certainly to do this as I previously mentioned political education to help people come up to speed uh, and and become aware of that which sadly you know until you learn these things outside of school or civic organizations or uh, religious settings or the like people just haven't known because the hey the winners write history and this stuff has been buried for a long time so that certainly is an important part but bottom line uh, is ultimately we're trying to change as we change the culture that's part and parcel what the education uh, is, we're also trying to change the law or change the constitution. And so toward that end, we have uh, a proposed 28th amendment that we call um, outside of Congress, the we the people amendment, Mm -hmm. Uh, inside Congress, they call it uh, HJR 48. Mm -hmm. You know, they have to give these numbers and and all, uh, which has been introduced. This is the fifth uh, session of Congress that um, the amendment has been introduced in each and every time. We've garnered uh, greater uh, co-sponsors now up to, uh, as of today, 89 congressional co-sponsors, along with the main sponsor, uh, Representative Pramila Jayapal from the state of, uh, of Washington. And the amendment is, uh, you know, is basically, we think it's it's not all that long. You can go to our website, move2men.org forward slash amendment. That's a simple um, a link, move2men.org forward slash amendment. And there you will see, you know, it's just, I mean, you can almost put it on a postcard, uh, the sections of the amendment to main sections. We added a third, this one that we feel is sort of duplicative that wasn't necessary, but added anyway. But the main sections are that, you know, section one, that artificial entities such as corporations, we do not have constitutional rights. People are people and mm-hmm. corporations are not. Right. And uh, so this, you know, just basically declares that the rights protected by the Constitution uh, are the rights uh, solely and exclusively as was intended since corporate entities are not mentioned anywhere in the Constitution of natural persons mm-hmm. only. 
Yeah. And uh, so that's the first section. And then the second second is that money is not speech. Hey, money is property, just like uh, you know the the, the jewels that uh, listeners may be having hiding uh, under their mattress in their bedroom, or you know gold bars, or uh, uh, paintings, or other you know mm -hmm. things that are of uh, value. That's what money is, in a sense, as well as being a medium of exchange and and the like. It it is it has been defined as a as a store of value. It, it's not speech. If money is speech, then those who have the most money have the most speech. And that ain't a real good definition. Right. Yeah. We would want to be an authentic democracy. And what that means is, of course, because money has been defined um, as, as speech, it's meant that people without money, which represents you know, the proverbial 99% uh, of the, the population, uh, their voices, our voices are drowned out when it comes to uh, trying to make sure that uh, our voices are heard, our needs met, our communities helped by those we elect, who we have a difficult time electing because they are less listening to voters than they are donors, yeah. and they use donors uh, to it. So those are the main provisions of uh, this amendment that we think would would address um, the, 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 these two uh, constitutional bizarre doctrines mm -hmm. that um, uh, have, you know, that that are extreme, that were not intended, and uh, have been consciously and deliberately, uh, you know, forced upon us by a small number of uh, uh, individuals, corporate attorneys working for their clients, who have convinced a very small number of uh, people on the high court, because most of these decisions have not been unanimous, they've been 5-4, uh, decisions. Uh, so it's a very small number of people yeah. that have uh, resulted in the, the, the reality that we have the constitutional box. And that's what it is. We're in a box then that um, the courts have put us in to mm -hmm. where, whether it's citizens or even those we elect, quite frankly, Dan, yeah. uh, those we elect are limited in what they can do in trying to pass laws or pass regulations, or even we as citizens trying to, you know, have better representatives, or even try to create laws ourselves by doing an end run through citizen initiatives. There's so only so much we can do short of a constitutional amendment, because if we tried to pass a fundamentally changeable law or create a regulation that really tries to see what's going on in corporate property, oh, uh, the box we run into, the, 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 the width, the depth, uh, you know, the, the barriers we run into are these constitutional ones yeah. uh, that are called constant corporate constitutional rights. So we've got to break out of the box. And that's what this amendment is all about. Yeah, you, you, you mentioned briefly also about people in Congress or, or representatives basically spending more time listening to donors. I once heard that, um, and I, I've had this verified through several different people, that uh, Congress people in Washington, D.C., senators and, and representatives <clears throat> spend approximately 50% of their time off-site dialing for dollars and trying to get donations for um, to, to support their campaigns or to support their party. And you think, well, we pay these people $175,000 a year to do a job, and they're really only doing, they're really only putting in half their time because the other half of the time they're trying to raise more money. And so, you know, when it comes time to writing legislation, uh, you know, guess who's going to have more weight, the people who only pay them $175,000 or the people that, um, that are giving them basically millions of dollars for their campaigns? Well, absolutely. Yeah, they have to, uh, they're not even smiling for dial and smiling and dialing because I'm sure they, they hate, and many do, 
Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. we have, we have heard many many candidates. I mean, the former senator here in Ohio, who I didn't necessarily agree with on on many things, George Voinovich, who was since uh, deceased. He, you know, the last time he said he he uh, he said he wasn't going to run was because he just hated raising money. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, a lot of these people they don't like doing it. Some people do because it's a source of incredible power. Yeah. It's not only for their own campaigns, of course, but some of the people at the top of the you know, political party food chain, if you will, they use the money they raise to donate uh, or to invest, if you will, let's face it, in other candidates who yeah. then become beholden to them. Right. And so they use the investments that come to their campaigns from the big super rich donors or corporate entities. And, uh, you know, so they're in a sense uh, controlled or you know, I never quite know whether they're bought, leased, rented, or retained by those who yeah, give them yeah. uh, huge, huge amounts of, of funds. But yeah. um, that is, that's sadly uh, the reality. And if you just look to see who are the, or what are the entities that are leading the way, you know, you see sort of every year kind of the same cast of corporate characters, the fire industry, finance, insurance, and real estate, including uh, financial institutions, banks, mm -hmm. and uh, the, the healthcare or sick care industry of hospitals and insurance companies. And, yeah. and uh, you know, um, well, the big uh, one is the military pharmaceuticals. And, and then you have the, yeah, the military industry, which, you know, it is true, but it is all also not not true you just look at the dollars and you see where they show up yeah they do give money but a lot of their influence actually comes from when they dole out contracts as they have been because they have so much money mm -hmm. because of you know national security they have been able quote unquote national security they've been able to dole out contracts to literally every congressional district yeah in the yeah. country on some of these huge weapon systems b1 bomber stealth bomber and some of these other giant uh, contracts and so what that does is it immediately you immediately develop lobbyists, people yeah. at the local level, as you know, so much other industrial production has gone elsewhere. What's left? I mean, what does this country really produce? Uh, yeah. You know, computers somewhat, but even that is offshore. We produce weapons yeah. that we yeah. sell and that we use. Yeah. Um, and so you have got uh, from at least in that arena, all of these people, mayors and workers at the military contractors and and others who receive the charitable contributions from the Raytheons and, and Lockheed. So they have incredible uh, political power and lobbying power that in part, it is true, comes from the coffers of those, but they have an incredible advantage that comes from these other sources of, if you will, lobbyists at the local level because of the incredible amount of money they get from Congress, sometimes more than they even ask for. Because yeah. they realize these Congress people that that's really the only economic game in town. Yeah. Well, um, that's uh, I mean, we could talk about that for another podcast or yeah. so. But yeah. I'd, I'd like to <laughs> yeah. move on to the, some of the technical stuff, though, because you know I know it takes a lot to amend the Constitution, and I have a couple of examples here. Uh, just looking back in history, if history is any sort of a guide, the uh, the the current latest amendment is the Twenty Seventh Amendment which was ratified in 1992, but it took over 200 years to finally become part of the Constitution. I believe it was actually uh, initially proposed in 1789. Um, the 13th Amendment, which we all know is, is, is abolished slavery, that was ratified in 1865 by a majority of the states, but some of the states were holdouts, and Mississippi, yeah. the state of Mississippi, only got around to officially ratifying that amendment in 2013, um, and the Equal Rights Amendment has also been languishing for decades. 
So, mm -hmm. I mean, these are some extreme examples, but it does provide a backdrop of worst case scenario. So what's it going to take to get this uh, the 28th Amendment, the We the People Amendment, or HDR 48, uh, through Congress and then through the state-by-state -state ratification process? Yeah, well, as, as listeners may know, it takes two-thirds of uh, each uh, House of, of Congress, so two-thirds of the uh, representatives um, and two-thirds of senators to to pass an amendment. Mm -hmm. And once that is passed, as has been done 27 times, although the first 10 all came together as a package under the Bill of Rights, then three-quarters of the state legislatures have to pass by simple majority. Mm -hmm. So that is a heavy lift. And many have said that the the process of amending the Constitution of the United States is among, if not the most difficult of any uh, nation state on planet Earth. So, you know, the, the forebears didn't do us any uh, favors uh, in terms yeah. of we the people at the grassroots. And hey, I mean, let's face it, part of that was intentional, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but be that as it may, there still is a process and it has worked um those uh 27 other times as difficult as it is um and so that's what we have to work with uh, for the moment anyway and uh there is a path you know the path to the 28th amendment is in part what it is we're trying to do understanding these incredible hurdles but understanding that the path includes as 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 it has included in just about all those other amendments particularly the meaningful ones uh, where people who were not included in the original constitution that should have people of color and and women and even young people that you know didn't have the right to vote uh, used particularly uh, people of color and women uh, to drive themselves into the constitution where they should have been from day one and that is to form a wide and deep social movement mm -hmm. that included uh, the, uh, you know doing that education uh, developing leadership uh, putting together institutions uh, working sometimes through political parties whether that's existing political parties or starting their own, um, you know, all of those are features that uh, should be and can be uh, used as uh, strategies, uh, long-term strategies in developing short-term tactics. And so toward that end, you know, move to amend, uh, as previously mentioned, when describing what our mission is and our values of, uh, of developing a coalition and reaching out to other organizations who, you know, as I mentioned before, over 600 organizations, many of them, uh, are organizations that are working on sort of single issues that are having a darn difficult time uh, getting to first base, if you will, uh, mm -hmm. trying to create healthcare for all or a liberal world or, you know, fairness for workers, uh, whatever the case may be, because again, they're running into not just bad actors, bad public officials or, you know, bad laws or bad uh, or insufficient mm -hmm. regulations, but these corporate constitutional rights. So, hey, join with us. Um, and develop some solidarity into understanding how, uh, you know, we need one another uh, yeah. to get what it is you want. Uh, you have to change, you not only have to change the, the faces, those are public officials, or change the the, the sort of the, the, the plays of the game, that's what laws and regulations are. You got to change the rules of the game, and that's what constitutions are. So that's a piece of what it is we're trying to, to do, but not only going sort of horizontally, but vertically, uh, you know, and what we do and what I mentioned before of grassroots work. So toward that end, you know, we have uh, affiliates and advocates at the grassroots uh, across the country who are working where they are in the communities that they exist in to connect the issues that are salient in their community to issues of corporate rule, corporate power, corporate constitutional rights, of which there are plenty 
uh, when you find, you know, money in politics, uh, sort of uh, preempting or, uh, you know, drowning out the voices of people at the local level who are trying to improve their neighborhoods or their blocks uh, mm -hmm. or their own lives, but also, you know, a lot of municipalities uh, using their home rule power, for example, trying to pass law, I don't know, 15 Hour, uh, dollar an hour minimum wage or uh, right. you know, trying to limit guns, gun ownership or registration or, you know, even limiting plastic bags being sold or preventing, you know, horizontal drilling in their communities. Those kinds of things have been preempted when they have passed, sometimes by the, the, the legislature, you know, the city council, sometimes through citizen initiative. Uh, those have been preempted by corporate entities, special interests, uh, either uh, by going to the state and passing a state law that, that preempts local law or by going to court and saying, no, that's a violation of uh, our you know, gun constitutional rights. Uh, so we feel it's extremely important to develop this sort of grassroots uh, work and that grassroots work in developing these, uh, um, these affiliates and uh, developing individual advocates, Johnny and Jane Appleseeds in their communities, going around and talking about and making the connections and the intersections uh, to move to amend has, you know, led us to uh, over 700 communities around the country have passed either uh, municipal resolutions mm -hmm. um, or ballot initiatives uh, yeah. calling for a 28th Amendment. So we're not only, you know, at a local level sort of uh, uh, responding or you know, uh, uh, opposing what's going on and trying to fight back, but we're proposing. Mm -hmm. And that proposition is, you know, the 28th Amendment, what can we do to help people at the local level understand the connections and, and officially come on board yeah. as a municipality or as, or as people. So the bottom line is we got to develop yeah. a people's movement, a democracy movement that's got to be inclusive and include people of uh, all genders and races and sexual orientations and religions and even political political parties because you know we've we've even found uh, quite a number of people who are principled conservatives who you know who understand and in and in many of the cases many of the instances where uh, ballot initiatives have been passed i mean i'm from ohio we have 26 communities that have passed ballot initiatives or municipal resolutions and in many of the communities just most recently 2020 a community uh, along lake erie the same community that voted for Donald Trump, not to be partisan about, but who voted for Donald Trump, mm -hmm. passed the Move to Mend uh, uh, We the People initiative. So mm -hmm. people understand that you know that the system is you know really it doesn't work for them at a, at a at a local level, and uh, that their voices are not being heard. Well, it sounds like move to amend is really getting to the root of 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 many of the problems that you cited here. Um, and you talked also about uh, I, I live here in Missouri and we're constantly seeing the situation where we have uh, initiatives and render referendums passing only to be undermined by our own legislators. Mm -hmm. uh, this applies to Medicare. Uh, right to work is has been a situation here in Missouri since I was a kid and I'm not a spring chicken anymore either. Um, I think agricultural issues too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Been something. Yeah. Yeah. We've yeah, had. It's been a big issue in the in the Midwest with uh, family farmers trying to you know promote uh, the land. Only those who own the land should yeah. work the land, and and that's yeah. preempted and been overturned. Oh yeah, it has it's 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 even worse than that. The 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 legislature here in Missouri has uh, basically ripped the teeth out of any local counties that want to exercise any sort of. Uh, 
health control over the concentrated mm. animal feeding operations, you know, the factory mm. farms mm. that are basically dumping raw mm. sewage into the ground and local health uh, uh, departments of, of counties uh, do not have the right at this point to regulate any of these CAFOs. And so it's gotten really bad here. And, and it's, it's exactly what you say. And I think the root of all eagle, uh, root of all evil, not eagle, but evil, is, <laughs> is, um, is, is really getting the money out of politics. So I see that move to amend is really hitting at the core of things. And I'm kind of reminded of, I don't know if you've read The Politics Industry from uh, Gail, uh, Catherine Gale and Michael Porter. Um, and they talk about, you know, in order to really solve the problem, you have to change the system. And um, it's yeah. a very interesting book. I had the privilege of talking to Catherine Gale some time ago about this book. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, there has to be a fundamental change. But this is not an this, this is not a, a, a this is a pretty heavy lift, obviously. And um, so let me see. We've we've have you made any headway in convincing uh, you have to convince a lot of people, but you also have to convince, obviously, the politicians. And have you made any headway in convincing any of the political parties to support the We the People amendment in their platform? And now, obviously, it's going to be really hard mm -hmm, to do that mm -hmm. with the Democrats, Republicans. But oh, there are other parties out there, the Green Party, Libertarian Party, the Alliance yeah. Party, the People's Party, and so on. Um, have you made any headway with them at all? That you're well, actually, yes, there mm -hmm. have been, uh, not just among the third, fourth, uh, uh, et cetera, parties. Uh, although some people think that the two parties are just two branches of the same party, but that's maybe a whole other discussion. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, even among the, the Democratic Party, there have been um, at the local level, uh, mm -hmm. local parties that have uh, passed resolutions in support, uh, state parties, uh, state of California, uh, Democratic Party has has weighed in state of Virginia, Democratic Party. There's a few others. Uh, there's Democratic women uh, in several communities. And I think at the state level uh, that have, I think Democratic women of Texas have uh, passed a resolution. Um, and um, so there, there have been some efforts to try to get into uh, political uh, parties. Okay. Uh, I know there's conversations going on right now in the state of Texas among the, in, you know, Texas entire uh, mm -hmm. political party. So those conversations happen. It may or may not be the right time, depending on what's going on yeah. in that particular place, what sort of horrific corruption may be taking place or egregious, horrible action by a corporate entity or just aware public official, maybe mm -hmm. a person. Why we do the work at the local level that we do in, in um, working with organizations and getting them to pass resolutions or, or working with uh, uh, city councils or village councils is that the reality is the the Congress people and senators of today were the state representatives of yesterday and the day before that they were the mayors and city council people who were a lot more accessible quite honestly back uh, back then yeah so it's it's very important many of the people that quite honestly we uh, run into at one level of government we originally ran into before. Mm -hmm. uh, who've moved up or down, depending on how you want to look yeah. at it when you go from the local to the federal. But uh, again, that's another conversation. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, it, it may be enlightened people who yeah. ran into move to amenders somewhere and understand that uh, they're not going to be able to promote their party platform, their public policy platform, you know, one through 10 or whatever it may be without uh, uh, 
changing the rules of the game yeah. uh, that would make it possible to enact some of the, the fundamental. And we're talking about fundamental because quite honestly, Dan, we are at a time and a place where some of the changes that are required to deal with the multiplicity of crises that we are facing. And again, we could spend a lot of time focusing on the ecological and the sure. political and even the economic in, ter in terms of kicking the can down the road and going into debt, whether it's personal or you know student or governmental or whatever. Hey, try to try to square that circle financially. It's yeah. going to be damn tough to do that. I mean, we're dealing with a multiplicity of crises that demand a solution that is in scale and in proportion to the scale and the magnitude of the problem. Mm -hmm. And at this point in time, just simply sort of dilly and dallying around by trying to marginally improve things through a statute, through a law or a regulation, just is quite honestly, with all due respect, in many cases, laughably uh, unhelpful yeah. because they just don't nearly go far enough or fast enough. And we've got to deal with the fundamental and the fundamental root of many. I mean, there, there's many fundamental things that need to be changed, but one of them is eliminating this bizarre notion that corporations are persons and money is speech. Yeah. Well, I think you could play whack-a-mole a lot with all these smaller, yeah. you know, um, in, 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 smaller issues and you'll, you'll never catch up. You'll never catch up with that, with that beast because exactly right. the beast is being driven by this uh, corporate uh, corporations are people sort of concept there. Yeah, we've uh, you know, we we do get to talk to some politicians here in the podcast. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, we talked to Marcus Flowers. I don't know if you're aware of who he is, but mm. he's uh, at this point the front-running Democrat who will be running against Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, this November uh, from the I believe it's the 14th district of Georgia. And uh, mm -hmm. I I laid the the concept of move to amend on him, and he said he would take a look at it. But uh, you know, it'd be, mm -hmm. it would be good if some people from move to amend would reach out to him as well. He's a very busy guy, hey, obviously. We will so, do that. Yeah. Yep. One good. of our projects is something called pledge to amend. It's another project where we not only you know we we reach out to existing uh, office holders through resolutions and and if they're at the federal level through co-sponsorship of the We the People Amendment, but candidates running for office, we reach out to something called Pledge to Amend. And mm -hmm. that is a project where candidates running for office, we try to get them to take this pledge that if they are elected, they will do what they can, depending on what office uh, they are running for and would be elected uh, to, uh, to promote mm -hmm. okay. the People Amendment, which could take the form of introducing resolution or holding a town hall meeting or if it's for Congress, then becoming a, a co-sponsor. So it's a really, really important thing. And we have a goal this year, 2022, uh, of getting a thousand. We've had hundreds of five, 600 people in previous uh, elections, uh, midterm in general, but our goal in the 22 midterm elections is to get a thousand, the candidates. So we'll reach out to- uh, Okay, uh, Marcus Flowers uh, is his name. Yep. Yeah. So uh, you said you have 89 co-sponsors at this point, but what happens if one of them loses the election? Do you lose that co-sponsor or uh, I mean, it, it would have to be the, have to be like a, a, a continuous recruiting process for you, because every two years, you know, the House of Representatives could change. Right. Uh, theoretically. I mean, it doesn't happen a lot because of gerrymandering, but it could change. Yeah. So well, it does change. Yeah. yeah. People die. People get other jobs. People yeah. lose. Um, and also the sessions end. that's the reality it's not like mm -hmm. you know oh we had 50 co-sponsors last session we just kind of automatically roll them over no yeah. Yeah. we start 
all over again, <laughs> again. Wow. Yeah. and uh, from zero. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes people who endorsed one time don't always automatically endorse a second time yeah. uh, because now they move up, yeah. uh, say, in the political party. And this becomes maybe something that's maybe a little too controversial. We've encountered some of that. Mm -hmm. But uh, and, a lot, and a lot of times it takes time for them to officially come on board, because as we have seen in the current Congress, just think back to the beginning of this congressional session, what was going on in this country? There were just so many other yeah. uh, demands on their time. And uh, yeah. this just wasn't sort of a, a top their list. There were things that were up front, right in front of them that were emergencies yeah so yeah. sometimes it just you know they're for it we just have to get to the aid and the aid just has to finally get this issue in front of their boss yeah uh, for so i mean you know we got to start over and then uh it oftentimes how we do it and how we've done it uh, particularly um uh, with pandemic it's allowed us really for the first time this congressional session best to do a lot of this lobbying online yeah. by being able to get there's some advantages and disadvantages uh, to that but to at least initially try to get an aid if not the congressperson him or herself mm -hmm. to meet with uh, a number of constituents in the district without having to go to the district office or go to dc so there's been uh, in essence uh, in some cases a huge advantage uh, to to meeting with and and having the aid hear the stories yeah. uh, from constituents okay Good. Well, we're coming up against uh, the one hour mark right here. I want to uh, ask you one more question here because um, this is really important to us. Uh, we focus on the, the the issues of democracy here at the podcast, and we would like to ask on behalf of our listeners, uh, what can they do to help move to amend, get to, uh, to help move the needle, I should say, with move to amend? Yeah, well, I appreciate that. And thanks uh, so much again, Dan, for... Um for having us on and thanks uh, to listeners for uh, listening in this far. Um, you know, the, the place to go is uh, movetoamend.org. If you just uh, put a uh, forward slash uh, after that, movetoamend.org forward slash motion, M-O-T-I-O-N motion, mm -hmm. you will uh, come to our place where you can sign up to uh, get uh, information. Uh, we send out um, uh, quite a bit. Again, part of what we're doing is political education. So we do what the mainstream media does not do, what many organizations uh, uh, who are not aware of these issues do not do, what schools uh, and even colleges and universities do not do. And that is to try to help people understand uh, how we got into this mess and what goes into uh, these issues and what the alternatives are in every way, shape and form and, and how our amendment really does uh, um, uh, provide a viable and the only really comprehensive solution to deal with these problems. So mm -hmm. invite you, invite everyone to do that. And by doing so, you'll not only receive these um, periodic emails of information, but will be invited uh, to become involved in uh, these programs we're involved in. If you want to reach out to your representative, uh, mm -hmm. please uh, you know, do that. Uh, if I can be so bold as to give my personal email address, you know, there's sure. so many ways to, to do that. My email address is greg at movetomen.org, greg at movetomen.org. If you would prefer just to reach out and want to become more involved in, you know, a variety of things, whether it's lobbying your representative, that's the We the People Amendment, uh, lobbying and trying to get to your candidates running for office, that's the pledge to amend, uh, you know, the motion to amend, you sign up. But we have uh, 
uh, we're launching an eco ecological caucus that will consciously and deliberately focus on the intersection between the ecological crisis we're facing and corporate constitutional rights. Okay. Um, that would be a way to do it. So there's a variety of ways to, to be involved in our work. And the other thing we're doing, lastly, is we do these, what we call, we've just started these movement education and empowerment talks or meets. And they are at a local level, mostly online. If you have some friends, if you're part of an organization that you wanna get them involved in this issue, or at least learn about these issues, we will come to you through the wonders of these electronic screens called computers virtually. <laughs> and we'll do these uh, talks, uh, or even if you just have some friends and we invite uh, you know people that you may with, with other organizations to come online with us to, to help show the connection between the work that they're doing in the community you're living in and what we're doing to show the interconnections. Okay. So a variety of ways for people to connect. Okay, good, good. Do you have any sort of like a form or a script that people can use when they call their congressperson or when they write their congressperson? Yeah, there's a whole assortment of, of, of templates out there that are available. Um, okay. And that when you do sign up, you'll get something. We do something, a little quirky thing called We the People Wednesdays. Hey, alliteration does work. Mm -hmm. And so everyone, you know, every Wednesday we'll... Uh, We'll reach out or encourage people to reach out to their representative and there's um, if they have not uh, signed on um, mm -hmm. and we even have templates for how to reach out and forms uh, to your candidates running for office okay. uh, as well so lots of things you don't have to necessarily uh, create things uh, from scratch on your own okay perfect yeah, I've, I've been on the mailing list for Move to Amend. I've been a big fan of you guys uh, for quite some time now. And on that mailing list, I get all kinds of great information. Um, I mean, it's just, uh, I, I can't read it during the day because I work full time, but in the evenings I'll sit back and read a lot of this stuff. And it's just, uh, you get a very active organization. Uh, I'm very happy to, to receive all the information. Um, and you guys, I think yesterday you just partook in a uh, uh, online uh uh, presentation uh, with one of your colleagues and um, I unfortunately had to work as at the HOA yesterday I'm also an HOA board member we had our meeting last night so I was uh -huh. unable to uh -huh. attend that one but uh, but these are very good things to uh, to um, to um, partake in with move to amend yeah we have a program coming up next week that uh, I'll be on with uh, a, um, a fellow board uh, board member of move to Amend. we're going to talk about the intersection of war Oh, and uh, corporate yeah. constitutional rights and what's going on um, both in Ukraine, but also, you know, dealing with the military contractors that we touched on before and all. Well, be and just the only other thing to say, if people don't feel comfortable reaching out to me personally, at Greg at MoveToMen.org, but just want to reach out to the organization in general, that that uh, email is info at MoveToMen.org. So if you're interested in the, you know, lobbying or congressperson, the pledge to amend or anything else. But uh, Again, invite you to go to MoveToMen.org, motion, and uh, sign up to get uh, all this good propaganda. I mean, inf information. That, uh, that, that, <laughs> that, <yeah>. that slipped <laughs> out there, didn't it? A whole lot of, that uh, word's yeah, been used a lot lately. Okay. Yeah, slipped out. Slipped move out. to amend is all one word, by the way. That's M-O-V-E-T-O-A-M-E-N-D. So moveToamend.org. Yeah, okay, great. We've been talking with Greg Coleridge, the co-director of Move to Amend, which seeks to amend our constitution, among other things, and help get money out of politics and preserve our democracy. Greg, thank you for stopping by today. Thank you so much, and thanks to listen. You've been listening to Democracy on the Move, a tribute to all those people and organizations who dare to reimagine our nation and drive it back to its true principles of democracy. 
Please tune in each week where we will feature guests and topics that will help keep you in touch with our march toward a more perfect union. If you have any questions or suggestions, or if you'd like to sponsor future episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Just send us an email at info at democracyonthemove.org or contact us on our webpage at democracyonthemove.org slash contact. Democracy on the Move is all one word. Theme music, Murky Waters, performed by El Rey Music, used under license from Shutterstock. I'm Dan Schaefer, your host for today's podcast, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in. It's been my pleasure to be with you today. Please have a safe week ahead, and we hope you'll tune in again next week.